everybody. Welcome to Cardinal Sportscast. It's your host, Connor Shea. Uh, Dave hates introductions, so we're not going to do that today. Let's just go ahead and get into it. Uh, it's going to be a little bit shorter today just because we don't have Ty with us. We don't know where he is, but he may be joining us halfway through the show uh, whenever he can join us. Um, but we're going to kind of talk about what's on the horizon with football as well as what's going on with recruiting. Um, so let's just go ahead and get into that. Dave, I know that you've had a couple pieces that you put out um, in the last week or so. You also had a couple updates and put in a couple um, predictions for potential recruits committing to UofL. So I'll let you take the floor and tell us what's been going on. Well, Louisville recently got two commitments, I believe, since the last pod we've done. Uh, number one was uh, Raheem Craig out of North Carolina. He's a two-star on Rivals, a um, bit of a developmental kind of guy. Uh, last time he came to a Rivals Combine was April of 2019. He weighed in about 6'2", 208, something like that. Um, you know, put up some, some, some testing numbers that really didn't blow me away. Uh, but on film, he looks twitchy. He looks good. He's got good motor. All that good stuff. The coaching staff likes him. They think they can carve a rollout for him. Um, he's he's what they like, you know, which is a kid who has a uh, good get off from the line of scrimmage, gets out of his stance quick, and that's all all they really want is is to make sure that they got guys who can get a step or two in the backfield and disrupt. And um, I mean, he's going to have to do some work in the weight room, and hopefully, he gets a little longer because Louisville runs a 3-4. So you kind of want to get kids that are already like 230 right now and bulk them up to about 260. Because in the 3-4 defense, you're going to have your outside guys are going to be the – or actually tackles kind of. You know, they're, they're inside. They're, they're going to be lined up, you know, maybe at the five-and-a-half technique, which is like on the outside shoulder of the offensive tackle, or slide all the way into the half, which would be inside the center and the guard. Right. So okay. those are the those are the guys you want to have some more meat on their bones. Um, and actually, let me ask you about that. So with the three, four defense, you were kind of describing it. But like, really, what are they looking for in terms of size for like a, a defensive um, or someone that plays on the edge? So like, are you looking for that kind of, I don't know, like an Elvis Doomerville, like smaller? Or are you looking for somebody with length that can really blow people up and set the edge? What they're looking for, apparently, I mean, you want to have length and size, but what they really want is explosiveness out of their stance so they get penetration and cause havoc. That way, you know, they, they can get in there, redirect players, and the linebackers are able to clean up. But ideally, they would want a guy who's at least 6'3", 230, coming out of high school, kind of like uh, um, the kid from Missouri. I forgot his name already. Um, and of course, I'm getting phone calls while we're doing this. I haven't gotten a phone call all day. That's the first one. Um, but yeah, they want to get guys with a little bit more bulk, but they really, really emphasize explosiveness because they want to be a disruptive D-line who kind of slips through the cracks, uh, can get skinny, as it's called, and get in there and disrupt things, screw up the timing. So that's what they okay. want. Uh, but they, they've got, they've got uh, Vic Brown, who's a big kid. Uh, Vic's probably like 245, 250 already, so he's he's solid. There's no no way he shouldn't be up to 285 by the time he's a sophomore, uh, you know, redshirt junior, whatever you want, a redshirt sophomore, you know, and then he'll be able to step in and play. You know, D linemen that are ready to play right away in division in, in Power Five football, they usually go to LSU and Bama, right. and Ohio State, and they end up sitting, you know, so. You know, you don't really want to just be throwing your guys straight out there on the field um, when they're playing a, a position where they need to increase their their mass. So, I mean, 
Vic's a guy who will have a head start in that department, and he'll be the run stopper guy. Um, they're close on this kid named R.J. Sorensen. He's from university school down in Florida. Uh, he's a big kid. He's 6'4", 245. So um, he's another dude that you would kind of throw in there as a run stopper, a uh, dude that can hold the edge, so to speak. But, you know, the dog and the card are going to be the guys that are ultimately flanking these defensive ends, if you will. So they're the ones that are really going to have to set the edge. And that's why Louisville wants they – can, they can go ahead and get guys that are quick and explosive because they disrupt things. The dudes okay, are, so is that – yeah, is that what it is, is that they're more – their purpose is really just to disrupt things and then the card and the dog just come in and clean things up? Well, the card and the dog are the edge guys. So I wouldn't say they clean things up. I would say they set the edge. And if the guy tries to go around them, they're there to make the play. But if you're there on the edge and you force the guy back inside, and that's where you want to have your, your, your three tech, as we call it, or your five tech in there right in his, in his face when he turns him back inside. And if that's not the case, you hope that he can occupy a blocker so your linebacker can come downhill and clean that up. And in rare circumstances on maybe a run blitz, you're going to have the safety – doing what's called running the alley and, and, and getting in his run fit and trying to stop the, stop the guy that way. But you never want anybody getting outside of you, you know. So, right. the, so I think that ultimately you'll see, you know, the Sorensen type kids, if he commits, and, and Vic Brown. Those would be the dudes that get the majority of the snaps on the rundowns. But a lot of teams have what they call like a rabbit package. I don't know what Louisville calls theirs, but that's when you put in your smaller edge rusher guys that can get – penetration and get upfield to force that quarterback up in the pocket or just flat out be able to bend around the offensive tackle and beat them to the So that's more for like passing downs? Right, yeah. So the rabbit would be that your passing package where you would put in uh, Ashton Gelodi, who we'll talk about in a minute, and Raheem Craig, those type of guys. Come on off. Think about Travion Young, right? That's a a guy who had a lot of success here as a pure edge rusher dude. He would have been a great fit in that rabbit package for Louisville coming off the end. I mean, he would have started anyway, but he's the he's the guy you want to think of, of what you want in that defense, just getting upfield and, and being an ultimate pass rusher that specializes in that. Did I say his name right? I always screw everybody's name up. You remember who I'm talking about? The kid that had the hip? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you got it. Yes. All right. So they also got a commitment from a kid from Boca Raton named Ashton Gelodi. I uh, got to speak to him before he committed. He gave me some quotes. Uh, super nice kid, very articulate. Um, I think he told me that he's on track to enroll early, but he wants to kind of, you know, do like the, the high school thing a little bit to finish it out. I think he wants to go to his senior prom and, and, and finish out his time, but he could also enroll early. He said he's on track. He got the credits. He could do it, take some online classes, no problem. He just hasn't decided. Think of it of a work-life balance kind of thing. So he's a potential guy to enroll early who would, would really benefit from that because he's got a decent frame. He's 6'4", 220-ish, 217. Um, but you could add 25 pounds to that in a good offseason, and now you're looking at a kid that's 6'4", 240, who, who got some get off, you know, and he's, he's, he's lean, he's thin, like he's got a good frame. So he could definitely bulk up and add to that. And when you're talking about a kid's frame, you're saying, can he put the weight on and still perform with the same speed and quickness? Right. right? And I think that he has the athletic base is what we call that. Well, that's going to sound weird to people who don't follow recruiting, but athletic base is pretty much your, your, your glutes and your, your thigh area, right? So if a, kid, if a kid has 
you know, hasn't filled up the rest of his body to that, then that's where you put more bulk on, you put more strength on, and then the kid is able to keep his explosiveness and, and, and also take on blockers head to head and, and disengage and not get shoved around. So that's what you I'm really set. I'm really sad Ty's not here for this conversation because if there's anybody that loves talking about teenagers' bodies and how they're developing over summer workouts, that would be Ty. I mean, that's the industry, though. I mean, it's really, yeah. it really is a meat market. It, it, it really is. I mean, it's you're up there poking and prodding. It's the same way at the NFL Combine. I mean, right. you're doing the same thing. It's just on the high school to college level. And, you know, fans that want to get mad because a kid didn't pick their school or because I said something they didn't like, they'll say, oh, you stole teenage boys because you're a weirdo. But I've heard it all. I've heard it all a million times. <laughs> But it's it's the industry, and guess what? Your favorite coach that you that you worship, he does the same exact thing too. So if you're talking yeah. about you're talking about your coach. So, <laughs> so let me ask you about early enrollees. It seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like it's becoming more and more of a trend for guys to be able to you know graduate high school early and then get on campus early. That way they can compete for playing time um, as soon as possible. But and, you know, maybe this is just case by case, but with guys that want to finish out their senior year of high school, like you said, and want to go to their senior prom and everything, I mean, when they come on campus, so like you're talking about a guy putting on 20, 25 pounds, so that's a different story. Like, yeah, if you're trying to put on that much weight by your freshman year, you probably should enroll early. But can you really be ready to play day one if you finish out your senior year of high school and you only come on during the summer? I mean, is that really that feasible? Or if you want to play time on day one, should you come in on, you know, after New Year? I mean, if you look at, obviously you should come early if you want to get playing time. If You know, what is the old saying? A million dollar baby, you know, while you're resting, somebody's training to kick your ass. So if, if, you're, not, if you're out there having a good time being a teenager, finished out your high school career, and then the kid that is recruited at your spot is – or, or uh, you know, whoever it is, is, is out there training already, getting that college nutrition, getting that college weightlifting program, getting in the playbook, being in the position room, understanding his reads, his responsibilities. He's going to have an, a substantial advantage over you. It's basically a whole entire yeah. season that you didn't get because you were still playing Call of Duty and, and you know, chasing after your girlfriend. So, yeah, so do the coaches say maybe this kid isn't taking it as seriously as we'd hope or, you know, how do they look at that? I mean, you got to balance it as a coach. You can't just be cracking the whip all the time. Like, you, you want to encourage your kid to come and enroll early, but at the same time, that contract isn't signed. It's still verbal, so you might end up losing the kid altogether. I mean, you know, just because the kid enrolls early doesn't mean that he's going to start as a sophomore, and you don't right. know how kids' bodies respond. So, the you know, there's a lot of kids that – no matter how well their body responds to training or, or how blessed they are genetically, they still need an, a year. And, and it could be for a million different reasons. Jared Casey is a good example. So Jared Casey could have skipped college. Jared Casey was a four-star linebacker out of Ballard. He used to play for Trinity, transferred to Ballard. He went to Kentucky, right? If you saw Jared Casey right now, Jared Casey could probably just quit football altogether and go wrestle for Vince McMahon. He looks like that. So physically, and athletically, he's ready to play. The problem is it's the game moves so much faster and there's so many more responsibilities you have 
in college than you did in the high school level. So you really got to get in a playbook. You really got to get in a position room and figure things out. So the term is bullets. The, the, what people say is people tend to get slower and weaker when the bullets start flying because you're thinking. So you need right. Rep got to rep that stuff out so sometimes a kid might come in there just physically ready to play but they don't have the the mental experience with all the reps or they don't know what they're doing because they're they're not getting the, the the responsibilities and reads right so they might be out of position and it screws everybody else up if you're out of position and so the kid doesn't play even though he's physically ready to play so it's physical and mental in this and so makes sense that's what it is so the, the earlier you get on campus and start doing these things you increase the probability of playing because number one you get bigger you get stronger you get faster and mentally you're up to speed on things as much as you can be without playing your first collegiate game right right that's what it is and most kids don't play right away as freshmen i mean the elite kids do or sometimes a kid will go somewhere where he's a great fit but most of the time when you see a rondale moore break out as a freshman and lead the power five in receiving is because number one, he worked his butt off. He enrolled early. I don't even, I don't remember if he enrolled early, but I remember seeing that video of him squatting 600 pounds as soon as he got to campus. So whether he enrolled right. early or not, he was already putting in the work. He would have been put, he's, he's beating other dudes on the team already. And he's super smart. So he was able to comprehend everything he was supposed to do responsibility wise. And he got on the field, but those are far and few in between. Those are the exceptions to the rule. Most kids are Jared Casey, you know, who, have to take time to get reps and, and understand the playbook. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. And like you said, you know, maybe he did show up if he, I don't remember Jared, he was in that 2019 class that was just outstanding, right. Just out of Louisville and within Kentucky. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like you said, if you showed up day one, you know, physically you might be ready, but really uh, there's a big mental aspect of it. And if you're not, if you're only getting a couple reps in, I mean, like you said, if you're missing that spring, which is massive, um, especially when it just comes to getting reps, just missing all of those mental repetitions. Um, yeah, makes sense that it would be just as important as actually getting up to weight and uh, being dialed in physically. Right. So moving on, uh, what else you got for us? Ashton is a smart kid. I, I, believe, yeah. I believe his GPA is up there in the honors range. He's definitely over at 3.5. He's cum laude, uh, you know, when he graduates. And he's got the credits to enroll early. So – um, for him, I would expect it would be more of a physical thing than a mental thing for him because he's, he's smart, you know, but right. uh, I like him. I saw some video of him down at Rivals uh, camp. I, I don't know if it was, I think it was Miami. Uh, he did well. He, he looked kind of twitchy. He had some good, you know, he could, he could bend his, uh, he's wiry, he's long and wiry. So I like him. I think he's a guy that can uh, put on some weight and contribute, if not, you know, the coming year, if we have a year, then the next year. So I like, I like to pick up. I, I don't really, I think he'll, he'll get a bump in the rankings. Raheem Craig, it's going to be a, a little bit tougher for him to get a, like a significant bump to really move the, the needle, the average needle on the rankings board. So where are these guys sitting right now in the rankings? I don't know. Not very high. I mean, I could look it up, but it's nothing that's going to excite the fans. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay then. Um, but yeah, so like with these guys, I've noticed that it seems like um, they're 46 in the country right now. Okay. With so eight. what would you say he could, what's his ceiling? Who's, uh, let's go with Craig. Start with him. 5.5, three star. Yeah. 
Jelody can move up to like a 5'7 because he's long and he's productive and he's twitchy. So I could see him moving up to a 5'7. But, you know, I think Louisville's got a chance to finish anywhere from the 25 to 30 range with a couple of the guys they're still targeting. It's going to be tough, but I think they could pull it off and have a, you know, one of those one of those uh, ratings-based classes that fan bases can kind of stick a feather in and be like, yeah, look at this. We finished 27th in the country. Not bad, you know. You want to think top five in, in the conference is what you want to do. I mean, most of your games are going to be against – Well, that was going to be my next question is, so what is Louisville really aiming for here? Because Louisville, I mean, while the program has had a lot of success, in recruiting it's never been that outstanding. I mean, I think even with Charlie Strong's best classes, like while we were able to like – retroactively rate them really high like at the time you know maybe they were probably like like mid-20s maybe like low 20s at best I mean what is really Louisville's I mean so you just said being top five in the conference that's important and then nationally where would you say that they need to be aiming for I mean they should be they should be aiming for number one what are we talking about you know go big or go home let's be realistic I mean, Clemson didn't used to recruit the way Clemson did, and they started winning, and boom, they started getting big classes. So the, the, what the talk is always from the staff is, you know, we got to find dudes that help us beat Clemson. You're gunning for Clemson. Louisville, it's not far-fetched to say that Louisville could be the number two team in the ACC. It's not out of the realm of possibility to be the number two team in the ACC. That's the next step. And then once you're there – you're going to just rest on your laurels and say, all right, number two is fine for us. No, you're going to try to beat Clemson. So sure. what they're doing is they're trying to recruit kids that can beat Clemson. Is that going to happen right away? No, but they've got a decent base of kids that they've been, they won with last year. They won eight games last year with the basic kids they had who were quote unquote Petrino recruits, but I would say they were more like, you know, the underlings recruits, especially, you know, uh, Stephen Field and court and guys like that. Yeah. They pulled those dudes in. Right. But, so do you think Not some of that happened? happened? What? Do you think some of that happened where you like court was going after some guys that maybe just kind of slipped in under Bobby's radar and court was like, maybe we really do. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is what I'm saying is like a lot of times, you know, the head coach gets the, the credit for the recruiting class, right? Just say, Oh, I got you. Great Petrino class. But Petrino wasn't really a closer. He just said, yeah, yeah. Okay. That kid's good to go. Take him. He's fine. Gotcha. Right. So, you know, the, the assistant coach goes up to the head coach and says, look, I really like this guy. He's I'm, I'm the linebacker coach. He's my number two player on the board. We're taking three. If he wants to commit, I want him to be able to I want I want you to take him. Will you take him? And then the coach will be like, yeah, he's a take. Right. Depending on how much discretion he gives to these assistant coaches. Bob, but a lot of like Bobby Bowden um, is a closer. Charlie Strong was a closer. Even when he was at Texas, he was pulling in good closing uh, recruiting classes at the end. He's a guy who closes. He goes down, sits to grandma, talks to dad, talks to the basketball or the head football coach or whatever these kids play for, and they like him, and they say, all right, they seal the deal. Bobby isn't a dude that you bring in to take the last shot. Could you imagine? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, Bobby's just there as like a figurehead to be like, yeah, we like you. We want you to come here. You'll be explosive in our Right. I put Devontae Parker in the NFL. You know you know, you want your head coach to be a closer. Once the head coach is on the phone, he's, you, you know, he's like, hey, you're so, you know, Urban Meyer was a closer. 
You know, Urban Meyer right. would get in there and say, hey, look, you've talked to Coach so-and-so for X amount of months. You ready to be an Ohio State Buckeye? Wandale Robinson used to tell me all the time. Wandale is a four-star. He won Mr. Football here in 2019. He was the number one kid in the illustrious 2019 Kentucky class, went to Nebraska, right? And uh, he, he said that Urban would call him and just say to him, you're, you're going to be an Ohio State Buckeye. You realize that, right? Say it. I'm an Ohio State Buckeye. Like, those are the types of things that Urban Meyer would say, you know. And the kid's like, wow, I'm talking to Urban Meyer, and he's telling me I'm going to be an Ohio State Buckeye. That stuff has sway. It has cool. You have to have a certain amount of yeah. fair, you know. So <laughs> that, that was – that's a closer. Bobby wasn't a closer. I think Sack, Sack could definitely be a closer. You know, Sam, let me ask you, so if you had Bobby Petrino or Scott Satterfield sitting in your living room recruiting your teenage son, you have a, your son plays local high school football, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so they're, they're sitting in your living room. Who's going to be more convincing, Bobby or Scott Satterfield? Whoever got the bigger bag, man, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, uh, I mean, Satterfield for sure. I'm definitely sending my kid to go play for Scott Satterfield over Bobby Petrino. That's a no freaking brainer. <laughs> The more important thing is who's going to be my position, who's going to be my son's position coach. Um, do they put guys in a league? How do they develop? How do they change their bodies? Um, how do they deal with the kids when they're messing up? You know, those are the things I concern myself with more so than who the head coach was. The only thing I'd be worried about with the head coach is, as an adult, would be how long you're going to be there, how long you're going to keep the staff together. Right. Well, I think that's what people are interested in is it seems like um, they Louisville's been targeting a lot of – you know, players on the defensive line recently, a lot of defensive ends as well as, and they're kind of giving Mark Ivey some credit for that. So do you think, I mean, so have you heard similar things from recruits themselves talking about working with Mark Ivey? Because you talked about how important that is as a player. Yeah, Jalodi told me, you know, I like Mark Ivey. He's a type of coach that joke around and mess around with you. He'll take you fishing. But when it's time to really buckle down and get serious, he's going to, his, his exact words were, I'm paraphrasing his exact words, but he said he'll get serious when it's time to make sure I'm the man I need to be at the end of the day. So that's kind of the consensus of what I get with, with Mark Ivey. Remember, Mark Ivey's crazy, man. Like, don't get me talking too much about Mark Ivey because I don't want to get beat up out here. Like, he's showing <laughs> a video of him out there fist fighting with the D-line before the game. and yeah, then He's terrifying. He's with his face all bloody. You know, I'm, I'm not trying – Look, Mark, you're doing a great job, brother. They don't listen to me, man. You're getting your guys, man. Whatever I say don't matter. <laughs> Same here. Taking pennies on a dollar, bro. <laughs> no offense, man. No, that was wild. What was that, the Wake Forest game where he was just – I don't remember, but it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I had all these people from – I had all these national guys from rivals like, yo, what is your man doing? I was like, what are you talking about? This is awesome. They are like, yeah, I don't know, man. Kind of crazy in this climate. I'm like, yo, dude, football players are still football players. You know? Yeah, they'd love that. Yeah, no doubt. All right, so we got two commits, um, and then I've, you've been talking about potentials coming up. What else we got? Um, we got a kid down there in the Bowl School, uh, which is a it's a private school down in Jacksonville, Florida. His name is Caden Fordham, um, name that kind of just recently popped up. Louisville offered him on April 21st, and uh, they've really put the put you know they really uh, shot up his board. Uh, he's at they're definitely a take for them. Um, I spoke with him. I put the article out. You guys can read it on the site. The gist of it is he wanted to commit, and the coronavirus thing prevented him to take visits. 
uh, said he has the longest relationship, the closest relationship with uh, Tony Gibson down at NC State, but um, also stressed that he wants to get on the field early, and Louisville says if you put in the work, you got the opportunity to do that here. Also, uh, because he fits what they want to do, which is, you know, he has the position versatility to move around, maybe inside, outside, do a lot of different things. And um, he said that coaching stability is very important. And he said that he thinks the staff is going to be here for a while and that they got things going in the right direction. And um, if you look, you know, although he says he's closest with NC State, uh, Tony Gibson was the linebacker coach who just took over as the defensive coordinator. And he's still maintaining the linebacker position coach, too, um, because they just fired Huxtable. And I mean, every other year you see, you know, Dave Dorian's name on the on the hot seat. Now, that's something that us sports writers especially college football writers like to do just to get clicks. So you could call that kind of like clickbait speculation, but coaching stability was big to him and getting his path to the field is big to him. So, you know, is that enough to overcome the bond that he's had with NC state who offered him last year after he camped there over the summer. So right. NC state definitely has the longer relationship with him, but Louisville has come up with um, Court Dennison and, and Derek Nicholson are the two coaches he named that he really talks to a lot. He, he talks to all the coaches because he's done three virtual visits, but has a really good relationship with uh, Court and Coach Nick, as he called them. And uh, coaching stability there is, is strong. So I think what you're looking at is, you know, it's the coaching stability versus the long-term relationship at NC State, which one right. out in the end. Hmm. I put my pick in for him, but um, it's not a done deal. I might have to switch it to NC State, but I feel I, I feel like Louisville's in a good spot, and one of the one of the reasons for that is he wanted to commit, but he pushed it back because the visits got pushed back. You know, they extended the dead period, so mm -hmm. he's got to wait a little longer to take a visit. And he's already visited NC State, so if he was ready to commit without the visits, he'd just go to NC State, right? So. Um, well, speaking of NC State, that's kind of a direction I want to take things in. Is So we saw that one of Louisville's targets, Aaron McLaughlin, he had gone ahead and committed – this is quarterbacks. Uh, he had gone ahead and committed to NC State. Um, so really left on the board for Louisville, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, is Chaden Peary. Is that correct? He's one of them, as well as Deion Sanders' kid. Um, so between the two, who do you think that Louisville is really going after? And if I'm missing anybody, let me know. Well – you are missing somebody, but I don't remember the kid's name now. <laughs> um, Perfect. Bubba, Bubba Chandler, I think, is the kid who was committed. That's right, yeah. He played baseball for UGA. Well, he was committed to play baseball for UGA, I believe. He's so he wants to do both, right? Yeah, he wants to do both. Louisville has a good baseball program. I think the, he, they'll let him play both. I think that the, uh, the baseball coaches are going to have to jump in the mix on that one and, and help Louisville out a little bit. So um, that's the kid to keep an eye on. Uh, all the crystal balls and all that good stuff, future cast, they're in for Clemson. Mine's in for Clemson, but that was kind of like a knee-jerk reaction because I saw that they offered him and then he decommitted. Like two uh, days. I gotcha. He decommitted two days later. So I'm thinking to myself, well, I mean. Done deal. Obvious. Yeah, 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 right? But nothing's ever a done deal, but I was just like, I don't think it's – a stretch to think he goes to Clemson. Um, the problem is Clemson got the number one rated 
quarterback in the 2020 class. So he's an obstacle to the field, and I don't think that there's that level of competition here at Louisville in 2021. So if he wants to play early, he could get that spot. He's received other offers, though. He might blow up. Who knows? And then they also offered uh, Terrence Lewis Jr. Um, he's a quarterback out of Brunswick, Georgia. He's a kid who some schools were looking at as kind of like a, a, an athlete. You know, they were like, well, maybe he's a receiver. Maybe he's this, maybe he's that. But I've been informed um, by sources down in Georgia that they're looking at him as quarterback. They want him as quarterback. So those are the, the four guys I would say Louisville's hot and heavy for. Um, with Chaden Peary, I, I don't know. There's always been a um, – there's always been kind of a feel that – he stays out on the West Coast and maybe even go to like a smaller school like Boise State. But Boise State got a, a freshman, who, a kid who started as a true freshman last year. So he's an impediment to early playing time out there. So I don't, I don't, I wouldn't put a pick in for him yet. Uh, Shadur Sanders is a kid who, you know, other kids talk to a lot, other Louisville targets talk to. I think I sent you guys the Amari Huggins Bruce tweet the other day where he was talking about going to Louisville and added. Uh, Shadur and that added him is the word added not added him and he's so they're talking about going there maybe they're doing it just to troll and hype people up you know I tell the people on the board stop following these kids social media because a lot of times they're just doing stuff for attention right? <laughs> but um, <clears throat> I put my so let me ask you I mean and not to knock the kid himself but Shador Sanders is he is he legit or is he just getting buzzed because he's Deion Sanders kid I mean uh, He's he won three state championships down there in Texas. I mean, it's not like they're playing the top level competition, but he's I don't know if he's really getting buzzed. He's kind of quiet, doesn't speak a lot. I think he's trying to kind of counterbalance his dad's bigger in life personality a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, he speaks to me every now and then. He's a very respectful, nice kid. Um, doesn't want to talk about anybody but Louisville when we talk, but uh, and I try to get out other other schools more information from him but I don't, he just doesn't want to talk to me about those things and that's huh. positive and that's fine I have no problem with that but uh he's a take for Louisville so Frank Ponce doesn't think that you know he's yeah I mean on tape he looks really solid I mean I know that the competition that he's playing against I mean Texas has great competition, but I think the level that he's playing at might not be the highest. Like we're not talking six A down in Texas. I mean, all um, these kids have all these kids have issues that need to be worked out. Sure, college, right? I remember. But so talk about him if he has issues and needs to work on. I mean, his dad has resources to virtually everybody that could help him out. So that's probably not that bad of a thing. I mean, he can be going to camps. He can be working with certain, um, you know, trainers and everything. So. Maybe that's not a bad thing. But, I mean, just raw athletically, it looks like he has a good ability to scramble out of the pocket and get out of messy situations. I think that his, you know, his, his throwing motion is a little strange, but obviously that's something that all coaches want to work on with quarterbacks. So, you know, maybe he not is. Good. Not necessarily. A lot of quarterback position coaches just coach the position saying do this, do that, understand your reads and responsibilities. Some quarterback coaches aren't, aren't really capable of – adjusting mechanics and stuff like that because that's just not what they do you go hire your own trainer like a Quincy Avery he's a kid he's a guy who worked with Dwayne Haskins he worked with Deshaun Watson he's one of the more renowned dudes I mean these people when they go to the pros they get a stipend to go train with other people you know like if you're on an NFL team you get $750 for a trainer a day 
you know, and then you, you think that people have started caring less about throwing motions when you see someone like Pat Mahomes, who he has the wildest throwing motion, but it works. Like it looks like it turns out great all the time. Um, and I, I don't think, think everybody knows what they're doing with quarterbacks. I don't think anyone knows. I think, yeah, I think it really boils down to core strength. I mean, you see like Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, they can throw, throw on the run and jumping in the air and weird motions and it all boils down to core strength. So I, I know I kind of, what's between your ears. I mean, you got to you got to have the athleticism and the arm strength to do it, but you got to have a certain work ethic and you have to have a certain understanding of the game. And it's, so let me, let me ask this question. Oh, uh, hi Ty. Yeah. Good, good to oh, see you. Ty has finally got in here and saying something now. Um, so is Louisville wanting to move to a running quarterback system like Mikhail Malik Cunningham? Um, we saw Evan Conley. He's definitely capable of running, getting out of the pocket. But T. Webb, he's more of a pocket passer. What are your thoughts there, Dave? Good question. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think they'll make it work. It's not like people act like, okay, coaches have this set system and this is always going to be what it is and they can't make any adaptations to it. You just adapt to the personnel you have. So you want to get the guys that fit your system. But, you know, I think that the guy they were really looking for was, was uh, Chubba Purdy. And they took T. Webb as as a replacement, but T. T. Ain't like some stiff statue back there. He's not Eli Manning. Like T. Can run around and make plays. He made plays in high school. So uh, just because somebody listed him as a pro style and not a dual threat doesn't necessarily mean that he can't get get upfield when he has to and, and and get down. So the way that the offense works anyway is most of the most of the run is based off play action. So you know they drop everybody deep on the play action. They got you. They 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 got you schemed then guess what? Everybody's downfield. Run for eight yards. So you don't have to be, you don't have to be Lamar Jackson or, or Cunningham to really succeed. And I'm glad you mentioned Cunningham because Adam Froman um, is a guy who, you know, used to play quarterback for Louisville and he used to be on the radio shows. He worked for a site called XOS, which is like what the coaches used as far as a database for scouting. And Adam said, you know, look, I like Malik Cunningham. I think he's a great athlete, but he, he has a lot of things to work out as far as a quarterback goes. And he did, and he's fine now. So, you know, every kid has some flaws coming in, right? Maybe T's not fast enough. T's skinny. T's bony. He's got to bulk up, you know. He, he'll do that, you know. Uh, what you call it, freaking Sanders might have a kooky throwing motion, but, they, you know, you figure out what to do. Also, I don't think his throwing motion is necessarily the problem with him as far as when he throws, when he gets rid of the ball. And when you're doing the play action stuff, that's important because you fooled the, what you want to have in theory is you've lured the safety to take a false step. You've lured the corner to take a false step. Whoever you're attacking, you want them going the wrong direction and then you have time to get the ball loose, right? But if you got a fast enough dude with closing speed, like Shadur's father, Dion, then if you wait too long to throw the ball, then they can make up for their mistake and knock the ball down and intercept it, or you just have an incompletion. So I think the thing Dion's son, Shadur, needs to work on the most is, you know, when, when do I got to throw it? When's my time? When's my, when's my green light? Go. That's what I would, I would think. But this is something that you wrap. You just wrap it out, like we talked about earlier. Makes sense. Go. <laughs> hey Ty, how's it going? By the way, doing well. What did did it get too far off the rails while I was gone, or what'd y'all chat about? Uh, you can hey, listen well, back hey, later. Well, we talked about you. All good, I'm sure. What do you got for us on basketball, man? 
haven't seen a basketball article up on that front page in a minute, bro. He's slacking. You got to go. We should have one every day, even if we're in the middle of nothing. The, the, the world's ending, but you know what? Fans still want that content. They want that basketball. They want to know what Ty Spalding thinks, man. Imagine that. Yeah, I mean, I did have a couple couple updates on the board. Um, I think Louisville's in a good spot for Aminu Muhammad, um, a top 12, 15 player um, in the 2021 class. I think it's right now it's between Louisville and Indiana. Um, the Muhammad camp is, is approaching the – ongoing um, investigation of the program um, as, you know, just any other thing. They're not really looking at Louisville any differently. Um, they're keeping an open mind. So that's good for Louisville. Um, so that's one to watch. I think Louisville has a really good shot there. Um, so, you know, another recruiting battle between Louisville and Indiana. Indiana got the first round with Christian Lander, um, a five-star point guard who reclassified to 2020. Um, and Louisville that was announced today, wasn't it? Yeah. So I think Louisville and Indiana are going to be going head to head for uh, a ton of guys in the near future. Um, Lander last year or this year, um, and then Muhammad again this year. Um, so that's, that's a school I would definitely keep an eye on through a Louisville fan is how the Hoosiers progress over the next year or so under Archie Miller. Um, if he turns things around, that could really be a thorn in Louisville's side. Uh, if it goes downhill, that could definitely benefit Louisville. Um, another guy that uh, I spoke to a, a source that um, Louisville offered, uh, a kid named Bobby Pettiford, probably two weeks ago. Um, he was—he's actually a three-star, but he's just—he's blowing up, um, even without a U-ball taking place. I talked to another source uh, over the weekend who said that, um, you know, on the surface, that's not really a, a Louisville type of offer, but when you dig into this kid's film, he's legit. And he thinks he would have just taken off um, during AAU ball this spring and this summer. Um, so Bobby Pettiford's a guy that Louisville offered that um, that I really like. Uh, he's he's very athletic, um, and that's a guy that I think Louisville has a shot with as well. Um, they continue to extend offers um, and waves. I talked to uh, Corey Evans, our national guy, um, and he seemed to think it was you know nothing out of the ordinary. Um, he thinks that Louisville is probably just um, putting a little pressure on their top targets, um, but nothing out of the ordinary there. Um, and then Harrison Ingram, a five-star wing, uh, listed Louisville in his top ten. Um, top tens are, are nothing but, um, you know, that's just a pat on the we back. We know how Dave feels about top tens. Yeah, those are, I'm glad that you're buying into what I'm telling you, at least, man. Those, <laughs> are, pat, there's, those are pats on the back in the grand scheme of things, but I did talk to Harrison, and um, I think, you know, I don't think Louisville leaves by any means. I think Purdue and Stanford are um, probably a head and shoulders above the rest of the field right now, but um, I do think Louisville has a long shot at possibly entering the race if they can get him on campus. Uh, he did say he wants to visit for sure um, if he's able to. Uh, he has a good relationship with Louisville assistant coach Luke Murray, um, who also landed Samuel Williamson. Um, both Williamson and Ingram are from Texas. So Luke Murray uh, hoping to dip in Texas again this class as well. You said Christian Lander just committed to Indiana today, or he reclassified today? He reclassified to 2020 today. Okay, all right. But he's been committed for a while, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. He was a uh, – it was long time considered a Louisville lean. Um, actually, Louisville was probably the favorite to land him. Um, 
and Indiana swooped in and, and kept him in the home state. Um, and now that, that he announced he's reclassifying, um, that gives Indiana a big boost for next year. And uh, there's a couple of kids in 2021, Trey Kaufman, Aminu Muhammad, who I mentioned earlier. Um, Indiana is going to be a factor in a lot of Louisville targets. Um, so the, the Hoosiers program is one to keep an eye on. As Archie Miller was kind of, um, you know, the wheels came off a tad towards the end of last year, but he did put together a nice recruiting class, and he has a lot coming back. So if the Hoosiers can, can get it back on track, that could, that could hurt Louisville uh, in my eyes. Yeah, the wheels yeah, kind of I mean, came off at the end of the season for everybody this year, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Indiana with, uh, you know, with Landers reclassifying and them bringing back their five starters, they might have a legitimate chance to crack into the top ten in their own conference. Yeah, I mean, oh, uh, how many times are you gonna say that joke, man? That's, that's oh, until someone acknowledges it. This is the time. If you got a pool string doll, that would be one of your <laughs> things you could say. You I know? got plenty of one-liners. Yeah, um, and then a couple other things <laughs> I mentioned: uh, Luke Murray. Um, he's he seems to be working Texas a little bit. Uh, Louisville's two other assistants, Dino Gaudio. Um, he's got uh, some strong ties to the North Carolina area. He coached at Wake Forest. Uh, he was the head coach there. He's really working the North Carolina area. That's where Bobby Pettiford's from. They offered a, a kid in the uh, 22 class that's AAU teammates with Pettiford. So Gaudio's really working the North Carolina area. And then an area that's really um, blossoming as far as basketball town is the DMV area. Um, that's where Mike Pagese is, um, is from. That's where he seems to be focusing on. Um, the Maryland, Washington, D.C., uh, Virginia areas is very rich with talent in this 21 class. Um, DeMatha High School is where Pagese went. Uh, Louisville offered a kid that goes there, Jordan Hawkins. Um, and then Efton Reed's a big center out of Virginia that Louisville was very high on. Uh, so the DMV area, if, if Mike Pagese can, can establish a pipeline there, that could be huge for Louisville moving forward. So the 2020 rankings are pretty much done. Rivals is releasing them, right? Or, or is that over with? Are we they, so today they uh, released the five stars, and then tomorrow they're releasing the next, I guess, 120 prospects. I think top 30 came out today. And then okay. tomorrow it's the rest of the top 150. So um, Lou has two kids, right? Yeah. JJ Trainers uh, currently ranked 91st in the nation. And then um, Davis, DeAndre Davis is ranked, what, 118. So do you think those guys will move up, move down? How, how do you feel about, you know, I know everybody wanted Jay Scrub. That was a big loss. But, I mean, Louisville just signed two four-stars. So how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, um, I, think, I think J.J. Trainer is a guy that a lot of people have penciled in as a really high upside type of guy. Um, he's got a frame that's a uh, versatile frame. He can play on the wing or he can play down low. He's 6'8", 6'9". Um, a lot of people said he continues to grow um, and may, you know, at least get up to, to 6'10 before he even steps on campus. Um, so I could see him staying uh, around 90 or even going up a little bit. Uh, DeAndre Davis is a kid out of Indianapolis. Um, he, he reminds me a lot of Dwayne Sutton. Um, that, that's a big comparison for that kid to live up to. But just the, the, uh, the hard nose, um, the mindset, the, uh, the body type, I rem it reminds me of Dwayne Sutton a lot. I think he could play the three or the stretch four like Dwayne did. 
Uh, I, I think he'll probably come in outside the top 100 if I had to take a guess. Um, but overall, this right. class he's like 119 right now. So you think he'll you think he'll drop a little bit, or you think he'll kind of like hold fort right there? I think he'll I think he'll stay right there around 115, 120. Um, just a just an okay class for Louisville with scrub. Um, moving on to the NBA, uh, I think I think Trainer and Davis are, are nice players. Um, but I don't think they're they're day one impact guys by any means. What told me this? Hold on, the hold on, hold on. Let me ask one question real quick, and then I'll let you traffic cop the rest of this thing. <laughs> um, I'm not like a a guy who follows basketball recruiting like that, so I guess you could say I'm the casual fan. But they signed six good players last class, and now they got two four stars coming in. What was the what was the big need that they whiffed on? Where everybody seems so down on these on this class. Yeah, so the everyone everyone wanted a point guard. The fans, the staff, uh, they went point guard next year though. That's that's the problem is is they couldn't tell anybody they were recruiting that they would start because you have David Johnson sitting right there. Um, so I mean they and and that's and that's tough for Louisville when you can't when you've got a, a probably a first round pick. Uh, sitting there waiting uh, to take the reins of the team over. Um, and so they did They did whiff on probably four to five point guards, uh, Lander being the most notable. Um, and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that David Johnson was uh, probably cemented in there as the, um, the top player on next year's team. Uh, he's got the full uh, capability to run the offense now after a year in the system. Uh, so I think that hurt Louisville on the recruiting trail. Um, a lot of basketball uh, recruiting, I would imagine, is is coming in and playing right away. Um, that's what kids want to hear. Um, I mean, Harrison Ingram, he talked to him. You know, that's what Louisville's telling him right now. Um, you know, he can come in day one. Um, so I don't think Louisville had the ability to do that with point guards last cycle. And that's where fans are upset. They didn't land one. Um, but they did go to the grad transfer market and made up for it um, by putting a Band-Aid on that spot. Yeah, when I watched David Johnson this year, every time I saw him, he blew me away with his court vision and, and just being so young and having that court vision. And, and he's just a nice athlete, man. He, he's got some bounce to him. I, I feel like if he didn't get hurt early, he might have left. He might have went pro. So they yeah. can say, look, this kid's going in 2021. We'll get our point guard. And I'm not a big basketball guy, but I, you know, I, know, what it, I know what it looks like. You know, and David Johnson is what it looks like to me, right? So, yeah, I actually, you, Shay, I actually Shay, you disagree, Shay. What do you think? No, I just, I just love your assessment. I love that you like to dabble in basketball every now and then. So I actually basketball my whole life. It's just I focus on football. <laughs> but I mean, if I'm looking at David, Johnson, if I'm like, yo, who's the best player out there on the court? Usually, it was David Johnson. He just yeah, flashed. Right. You know what I mean? Because he's a freshman and he, he doesn't really. I think next year's big year for him. I think he's gone. Yeah, I actually sat um, in a row of NBA scouts for Louisville Senior Day game, um, and they were definitely aware of David Johnson. A couple of times they looked – a couple of scouts looked to each other, and, and one of them even said that's what he can do, and that's what he only can do out of the guys on the, on the rest of the court. Um, so he has that – That's what only he can do that, not that's only what yeah, he Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely I, messed I, I, up that phrasing there. Thank you, Dave. But, yes, the NBA scouts are fully aware of what David Johnson's capable of. Uh, I think you have a point there. The injury may have even prevented him from going pro. Um, I think that's that's definitely a reasonable 
opinion there. He, he didn't even start playing till well, December, January. He played very sparingly in the Kentucky game in late December. So he basically burst onto the scene with, with two, two and a half, three months of, of playing. Um, so I think that may have prevented him from, from being a first-round pick this year. Did I just become the fan that's like, play the local kid more? Am I, am I that guy now? Is that Pretty what I, much. Oh, man. Maybe that's why I was smiling so much. Do I sound like other people? <laughs> I try not to sound. That would be horrible if Dave sounded like anyone else. I know, right? I pride myself on being as big as <laughs> All right, Ty, you got anything else for us as far as basketball goes? Um, so I did post an update on uh, Bryce Hopkins. Um, I don't want to give all that away. Um, you can find my post on the premium recruiting board. Um, but to sum it up, I think Louisville will hold on to him for now. Um, keyword being for now. Um, that's what I was told. Um, and that's what I anticipate moving forward is my ear thing. Wow. The other, yeah, that's funny. Cause I've been hearing different. I've been hearing, you know, your whole take about him maybe leaving is, is total trash. Uh, according to sources close to the situation. So you're, you're standing your ground here, bro. All right. I like this. Look at you. Put it in stone. I'm going to mark this one. I, mean, Flex I, like I mean, I want him to. I want him to play for a little while. He's an unbelievable, unbelievable. Oh, no, I know player. you want him to play. You're an absolute freaking homer, and it's disgusting. But <laughs> my point is, you're you're standing your ground. You are there in the tide, like fighting the waves. Like, nope, this is what I'm hearing. This is my source. I'm sticking to it. I respect it. Now, you better be right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the word that I the my first post on it, I said it's very possible. Um, I reached out to a different source, and I got the uh, he's staying um, at, as of now um, terminology there. So um, I think I think he's I think he's he's gonna stick with Louisville for now. Um, but things you know obviously he's he's considered it, um, and we'll see what happens. Say I try to shake him up to get some emotion out of him, but he just I thought you were gonna get there. I thought you were gonna get there. <laughs> He, he brushed you he off this time. He's getting better at it. I'm proud of you, Ty. He, he never really gets hype like that ever, man. Like, it doesn't matter if you say something nice to him or you just obliterate him. He's just got that flat affect Dexter serial killer tone constantly, man. It's like, I can't move this dude. He's a rock. That's why he's holding his ground right now. No, well, I, I mean, I, I, I was told I, I ruffled some feathers on the, about that post. Um, so Whose feathers? Yeah, right. Oh, just just some feathers around the Louisville community. So, oh yeah, okay. Hopefully, you, you hopefully, feathers. <laughs> hopefully, um, you know, hopefully that didn't upset anybody. But that's what I was told from a source that I really trust. And um, hashtag sources. Yeah, yeah, sources, baby. Hey, you know what it used to be on my Twitter bio? I would, you know, it would say sorry for the facts I post here, and it was Kentucky and the Louisville site because I always used to when I was looking. <laughs> both like both fan bases would just get so riled up at every little thing I said now it's just the Kentucky site getting mad at me but I changed it because I really don't post many facts over there anymore I just changed crystal ball picks around and it creates a, a havoc over there but look man part of this job Ty is if you're going to tell the truth people do not like the truth you know if you listen to 48 laws of power it says never tell the truth and never be the bearer of bad news let somebody else tell the bad news you can handle it yeah no, no, no. but hey look man it's 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 a dark lonely road to go down i'm i'm way too far down at the turn back now so i just embraced the dark side that's why i got the all black going on right now so you know if you want to wear that black hat man i could take you to get fitted 
So speaking of crystal balls and future cast, I believe our host Connor Shea is 100% correct on the future cast as of now. <laughs> That's absolutely right. I am probably one of the top rivals predictors that's out there. I mean, it doesn't get any better than 100%. So I think, Dave, you're probably around, what, 86% or something like that? 85. But, yeah. But I also, I, mean, took, I also took 190 shots, bro. I'm a volume shooter with a high percentage. You got to be careful with them. I mean, you can't just be spraying it. Well, how many picks you put in so far? Four? Uh, I, I think we may be breaking double digits here soon, but you can't just okay. you can't be spraying picks all the time. You got to pick them carefully. You got to keep that average everybody high. Everybody to know that I tell Shay who to pick. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Dave is my only source when it comes to any of this. So yeah, thank so you, Dave, for Shay in the corner, wide open. I mean, we can just keep telling people that maybe I'm actually Dave's source, and that's where you get all your good info. But I keep it a little bit to myself. That way, I can keep that average higher than yours. Gotcha. So, speaking of, actually, there's no segue for this. I just want to dive into it now that Ty's here. So, we are recording this on Monday the 18th. This is probably going to drop tomorrow morning um, on Tuesday. But the big news this morning on Monday uh, was out of Lexington for once. It was nice not to see U of L in the headlines for a weird um, and scandalous occasion. But um, not sure if y'all saw it. Hopefully, you did. That way, we can talk about it. But um, the news out of Lexington this morning was that four of UK's uh, top head coaches for their cheerleading squad, who had, I think they've won like 26 national titles since like 1990 so or something like that. advancing national titles. Kentucky has the cheerleading national titles. Yeah, there's like two divisions or whatever. So like Louisville's in one, Kentucky's in the other, and Kentucky has been dominant for like three decades now. And all four of their coaches got fired for, I think they marked it as hazing, alcohol and some other violation um, but basically the story was that they would have these um, team uh, retreats down at Lake okay. what was the other violation was it published it's, did a new did a credible source yeah this is all published uk were, released it and it it's out in the world read it all right, let's see. Don't be a coward. That was that was a punk move you just pulled right there. That was cowardice. If you're going to introduce the topic, cowardice. Introduce it in its full controversy. Breaking, okay. breaking. UK has fired its entire cheerleading coaching staff and longtime advisor after investigation reveals inappropriate conduct, including alcohol use, hazing, and public nudity. There we go. Shay tried to Shay tried to, to sweep that under the rug. Because he wanted to interview. Why would I sweep under the rug the most important? That was the best part of the whole story. I was saving it. I was building up for it, Dave. You just got impatient on me. Buried the lead. Never buried the lead. Anyway, I was not being. I'm not touching this topic because of legal reasons. So you got Dave. All people that need a comment on this, it is you. You cannot sit this one out. You discuss it, coward. Okay, whatever. But the fascinating thing about this is I think the biggest piece of the story was that uh, UK's cheerleading coaches apparently were on site for these retreats where, uh, to quote it, they said that they were basket tossing. I'm not very familiar with cheerleading lingo, but apparently that's some kind of gymnastic move um, where they were throwing people into a lake who were either topless or pantsless. Um, and then they were also inviting alumni who provided alcohol uh, to these student athletes 
Um, and these student athletes also took boat rides with these, these alumni apparently naked as well. Uh, so Ty, your comments. Yeah, I don't know if I can have a whole lot to say about this one. Um, I would advise Louisville fans not to compare this to the Katina Powell uh, situation. Uh, that's not really um, – I've seen a number of Louisville fans trying to, you know, say Kentucky is now on the same level as Louisville as far as that goes. I, I, would, I would caution against – It's a little different. Yeah. yeah. I'll agree with you on that one. Um, but, but as far as my other comments go, I don't, I don't know. I think that's kind of the only thing I had. Um, it is, you know, it's never nice to see tell, anyone in the news. You wanted to tell uh, fans how to fan? That was your comment on that? It's never nice to see anyone in the news. It's never nice to see anyone lose their jobs. Um, I would argue but the University of Louisville has had about 35 <laughs> of these scandals um, over the, the past five years, it seems. Um, that's like seven a year. That's, whew, that's a terrible average. There's so many picks Shea puts in a year. Yeah, so so Louisville not in the news um, for once, um, which is, is very surprising. The Louisville fans were used to having our name just rubbed through the dirt, and this is not the case here. So um, all in all, I'm not, you know, you know too happy about it, but – at the same time, it's very nice to see Louisville not in the news um, when news breaks for a college in the state. So my son is walking around here behind me, and he has, like, a, a, just a bag of Lipton noodle soup. Like, you know, you put the water in, you boil it, you got Lipton noodle soup. And it's, like, in his room. There's no stove up there. There's, no, there's nothing to cook it. He just took the bag of Lipton noodle soup and put it in his Oh, you were hoarding it? Yeah. Wow. Did you buy it? Never have kids. Oh, y'all, I didn't have it. Eating all the noodle soup. In here. Okay, anyway, that's my take on the Kentucky scandal. Don't have kids, and I'm, I'm done with that. So moving along, let's wrap this up. You got to go take food to your mom. Tell your mom. Uh, I yes, said, my mom's birthday. I'm going to go drop off some dinner for her. Tell your mom I said happy birthday, and I'm sorry that there aren't any restaurants open, and she has to eat your terrible cooking. Unless your wife cooked it, then I'm sure it's fine. My wife's probably going to cook it, so she'll be oh, fine. She's good. she's good. Speaking of cooking, yeah. Jay, you know how to smoke some meats, don't you? I, I like to dabble in the smoking scene every now and then. Smoke some meats with sweet baby rays. <laughs> Get them, Dave. Get them. I'm yelling at my kids. They're making all kind of noise. But, I, you know, whatever. I'm ready to go, man. I'm done with this. All right, let's leave. Everybody, you can plug your Twitter if you want. Curly Shay, Ty, what are you? At Ty Spalding. Ty Spalding. And then we got Rivals Dave. Come find us. Uh, if you guys have any uh, anything you want to post on our premium recruiting board, first of all, subscribe. That way you can yell at us on there. Uh, I think, what is it, eight ninety nine a month right now? What's the deal, Ty? Um, so I think it's the regular rate, but we do have a, a, a nationwide promo that's $50 in Louisville gear. Um, there's a – a tab at the top of our homepage. Just click that, sign up. You'll get $50 uh, to the Rivals Fan Store um, to get $50 worth of Louisville gear. Um, so it's not a bad time to sign up at all. Um, recruiting, football recruiting is, is – Dave is just all over it. Uh, basketball recruiting is picking up um, on the site. I've posted a couple of good nuggets over there over the last couple of weeks. Um, so be sure to check that out. Uh, get $50 in free Louisville gear while you're there. There you go. All right. Well said. See you guys. Later.